Blog Talk Radio. Shortly, folks. So, uh, 
you know, if any of you out there watched WrestleMania, please drop a like it's hot on that, sir. Thank you, DG. Now, like we said, this past Sunday was WrestleMania. And, um, you know, in, in general, I was, I guess, in the minority here because a lot of people I've read online and I've talked to a few people that have watched the, the pay-per-view, and I was actually more disappointed as a whole um, than most people were, DG. I mean, I, I thought that... To me, it was a, like you said, I think you said it was a glorified Raw at times. Uh, we can break down each segment, but I just want to mention to our audience that we did go 4-4 four and four with our predictions, which, you know, actually is not bad, I guess, considering that I always get, like, I, I always get so many wrong at WrestleMania for some reason. But they do they throw a lot of curveballs and a lot of screw job finishes. So uh, we went 4-4, <laughs> four and four, and the faces did win yeah, the faces did win five matches with the three, the the heels winning three of the matches. And uh, DG, before even getting into the card, uh, we found out Sunday, maybe an hour or two before WrestleMania went on the air, that the Sheamus and uh, Daniel Bryan U.S. match would be scratched from that because they had no time for it. Now, can you explain that one to me? <sighs> Is that really what you want to start out with? I mean, there's so many other things that we can crap on. Um, can we get back to that? We talk about some other things because uh, I, I'm still upset about that, sir. No, we can definitely get back to it, but I'm just saying that we learned about that maybe a couple hours before the show started, and we were like, huh, it's a four-hour show, and you can't fit another match? In fact, we were thinking about adding more matches, and they, they took one away. I just thought that was very... Yeah, well, you know, it, it's typical. It's typical uh, WWE, to be quite honest with you, JB. And uh, that's the problem. Is you know, here we were last week talking with Pyro about why can't you add a couple more matches. I know that Justin said that with all the ancillary stuff, you'll get to eight hours, and it does say card subject to change. But how do you spend four hours on eight matches instead of nine, which is what they had originally? <laughs> and again, you know, I guess we'll get into this further on, but it just it upset me. And then we get the three-minute match last night, which could have been good. It showed it could have been good. And you know what? They, they should have made time for it at WrestleMania. They just wasted so much time. But again, we'll, you know, break that down in, in a minute. Yeah. And so WrestleMania, you know, basically got underway. And I'm always, big de- I'm always big on watching the, the first the video package to introduce a pay-per-view, especially for WrestleMania, because... I always feel like they go over the top, and it's like it's almost like the Super Bowl. They they treat it like the Super Bowl, but the, you know they they have a great intro always with WrestleMania. But DG, since you're such a rock lover, I want you to uh, break down that first segment with Rock coming down. What do you think? Well, the it doesn't matter what I think, sir, because the truth is that <laughs> <coughs> the truth is that um. You know, it was good for what it was, but Rock wasted a lot of time that really could have and should have gone to a, a Daniel Bryan match. I get that you wanted The Rock to pump up the crowd, but he really took a long time to say basically nothing. And, uh, I mean, I liked it. Again, it was great hearing The Rock. It was great with the people, the catchphrases and everything else. But, uh, sir, I know you can agree with me that they could have definitely spent less time on that and then added some other stuff in there. They could have spent less time on it. The thing that got me, I think... You know, the segment was cool. You know, you got the crowd into it and all that good stuff. But for The Rock to actually, like, spew out some garbage, like, this is going to be the best WrestleMania ever, and then, you know, looking back at it, I'm thinking to myself, Rock, you're not even on the card, and you're 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 hyping this up as the best WrestleMania ever. I thought that was just like a, an overkill, to be honest with you. But isn't he? But the thing is, Joe, isn't he supposed to hype it up? Aren't they always going to tell you this is going to be the best WrestleMania ever, and, of course, it'll always uh, fail expectations? 
Yeah, I, I guess they are supposed to hype it up if you're going to get paid by Vince. It's all about the money, as we all know. It's all but, about the money. <laughs> but th- this WrestleMania, I mean, let's continue because I- I'll give you my final thoughts after we break down each segment. But, you know, our first match, how surprised were you that the first match of the night was the World Heavyweight title match between Edge and uh, Albert Del Rio? I don't even think surprise is the right word. I was absolutely stunned and flabbergasted and befuddled and confused. It was a good match to start out because of what it was, but, I mean, that should have been Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. That should have been anything but a World Heavyweight Championship match, and I was just, I mean, we both looked at each other like, what the, you know, I I don't know, sir. I I really, I I don't know why they started out with that. I really don't, and, you know, it didn't make sense to me if I was going to book it, which, of course, I didn't, but, and even the whole post-match thing, sir, wouldn't it have made more sense if Del Rio won and then Edge did that and destroyed the car? Because, you know, he, he won the match and then it made Albert, as you say, Albert, Albert not Alberto, look even worse or made, made him look weak because of the fact that he got owned and then his car got destroyed. Yeah, I mean, the match itself, considering that they got rid of the U.S. title match, I had no problem with them starting out with this match because you want the fans to really get into the match and you figure that these two guys could put on a pretty good show. And I guess... You know what my problem, DG, is I, I realized this as I'm doing my rundown notes um, tonight and when I was doing my WrestleMania notes during WrestleMania was that um, my problem is that I want the reason why I'm disappointed in, in WrestleMania more than anything is because I fantasy booked everything because I really wanted Del Rio to win the match because I wanted Christian to turn on Edge, and I got none of that stuff, and that's why I was disappointed because, you know, A, Christian didn't turn on Edge, and then, you know, B, Albert didn't work out, walk out with the title. And it's only been, what, the second time that somebody's won the Royal Rumble and not win the, won the world title or the WWE title at WrestleMania? Well, it's not it's not the first time. Um, I mean, it, it's happened recently. Uh, the last couple of years, I believe, I know that Ed didn't win last year. Um, Cena didn't win a couple of years ago either when he got the, the title shot at, um, and I think that was three years ago, when he got his title shot, he didn't win uh WrestleMania either, sir. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's a good thing that there's no guarantees, especially, you know, if you're going to win the Royal Rumble, you're not going to be guaranteed to win the title at WrestleMania. I guess that's a good thing. But, DG, do you like that That I've actually come to the realization that the reason why I was disappointed, especially in this match, I guess, is because I fancy booked a, a heel turn by Christian and I didn't get that? Um, I think that... Probably. Uh, that's probably why you're the most upset. Uh, sir, before we get to that, I'm actually looked this up. I had uh, I had our producer look this up. The last yeah. four WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumbles, the Royal Rumble winner has not won the uh, WrestleMania. John Cena, what? Randy Orton, Edge, and Alberto Del Rio, all four of them have not gone on to win the title at WrestleMania. Now, I, I, I honestly think that's a mistake. I mean, most of the time that if you're going to win the Rumble, you should, you really should go on to win... But now they're putting so much emphasis. Like they actually, they they take a lot of emphasis away from the Royal Rumble. DG. Now they have this pay per view in between, you know, the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania called the Elimination Chamber, and all of a sudden these guys get title shots too, or you know whatever happens. So they almost like decrease the value of winning the Royal Rumble sometimes. I agree with that. I think that um, you know the the Elimination Chamber does take away from. The Royal Rumble, but you know it is what it is. The WWE, they do what they do, sir. Yeah, and they did no favors in having Albert Del Rio lose clean to Edge, 
after you know hyping up, you know you basically hyped up this guy. The whole road to WrestleMania was done through Monday Night Raw. I felt because I didn't watch SmackDown, but it felt like a <laughs> SmackDown show. They had they always brought their SmackDown their SmackDown roster over to Raw to promote their matches on Raw, and then you have. You know, you have Albert Del Rio, like, lose clean, and then not only lose clean, but Edge and Christian then destroy, well, Christian just idly watched by, so I don't know if that, where we're going to go with that, but Edge basically destroyed a $300,000 Rolls Royce, and then you have uh, an Albert Del Rio crying and weeping in front of it. I, I mean, I think they just ruined his character. I, I mean, I don't think they ruined it permanently, but I don't yeah. think they did any favors by doing this. Well, to, I agree uh, with you. I agree. I agree that they didn't do many favors, but in terms of the fact is that he still main evented. Well, I guess he didn't. He he's the current jerker. See, that's my problem with this whole thing. I don't care what anybody says. You can't have a uh, heavyweight title match be the current jerker for a pay per view. You know, it's just it doesn't look good. The current jerker should have been anything. That stupid, pointless tag team match. Anything to get the people into a Santino, whatever the case is, but not that match. So I, I have a major problem with that. But aside from that. Um, it didn't make any sense that Christian handed him the crowbar, then did nothing and sat. The fact is that I would have liked this ending as retaining the title only if Christian then turned on him and afterwards, you know, just so that he can get the title shot. Then you have a heel turn, obviously, and you have a, a main event feud, Edge and Christian with Del Rio, and there's the third guy in there. Now they could do a triple threat at the next pay-per-view, but um, I like the I kind of like the fact that Del Rio didn't win at WrestleMania because he's brand new to the company. I don't think he should have gotten over at that point. But you know that's just me. You know the way that I prefer uh, my uh, you know wrestling, as it were. And then when we go back to the tapes and we find out that you actually wanted Albert Del Rio to win the match and I didn't, <laughs> what do we do then? <laughs> well, well, what I would do then is is categorically deny everything. First of all, and second of all. I, what it is, to be honest with you, is just looking looking at it overall as unbiased, as an unbiased fan. I think it's yeah. better off that Del Rio did not win at this point. I think he will win the title, but I think winning at the grandest stage of them all, you know, it's even though it ruined my opening for the show, I think that it was better that he didn't win, sir. Okay, so basically. And then on, on my next part of the WrestleMania recap rundown here I have, is the reason why I wrote this down for on our rundown sheet, DG, is a tough enough promo, is because I felt like you said it best, is that it felt like a glorified Raw with all their back-of-the-house segments. And, you know, you don't at WrestleMania, you don't really need that kind of stuff, DG. And we had our first tough enough promo, which I understand you want a promo tough enough, but there's there was a lot of other segments uh, to come after that that just, to me, made it seem like a Raw with no commercials. Yeah, I... Uh... I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that, and I think that they could have done a better job with all that. The truth is it's WrestleMania, so they are going to have the ancillary stuff. They are going to have the extra, but I think that in this case it was way too much. It was way too much of the backstage stuff with The Rock, and I get that he's there, so you're going to milk him for all that he's worth. I understand that, but still, you know, uh, having – I look at my television that's DVRing something, and I have no clue what that is. Um, back to the show, though. I think the problem here is that there was way too much. Like the May Young segment, I mean, come on, seriously, May Young, go go give birth to a hand or something. The the Snoop segment was terrible. Getting Snoop, Snoop has been on Raw, he's been on WrestleMania. Getting him there in that spot was a waste of time and just to get people on the show. But the fact is that that time, plus less time on that Cole Lawler debacle, should have led to a Sheamus, Daniel Bryan, you know, 10-minute, 15-minute, or at least 8-minute match, something decent, but... Um, I definitely feel that they wasted time, sir, and, and there's just no no way around that. Yeah, I mean, 
The next match could have been the actual curtain jerker, like we always call it for WrestleMania. We had Cody Rhodes against Rey Mysterio, and as bad as this match looked on paper for me uh, when I was when we were doing the preview, because I always wanted, you know, I wanted Rey Mysterio to take on Sin Cara, even though it made no sense at all. But to have Cody Rhodes <laughs> versus Rey Mysterio, <laughs> to have Cody Rhodes take on Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, these two guys actually put on an entertaining match. I thought the first two matches were the more entertaining matches in terms of just wrestling. So, um, and you had Cody Rhodes win the heel. So, you know, we we got off the snide and we were one and one after this. But uh, DJ, did you enjoy this match for what it was? I actually did enjoy it, and the fact is that it was probably my favorite WrestleMania match. I know that's going to sound like blasphemy considering everybody loved Triple H and Undertaker. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, but the the poll is up, folks, So what your favorite WrestleMania match is. And while you were yapping it up, I just voted on Cody and uh, Mysterio. I was surprised because it was entertaining. Um, you know, Captain America against Cody Rhodes, whatever the hell he was supposed to be, the Red Skull. I thought it was it was good for what it was. They put on a good show, and uh, Cody winning cheap was great. Um, I you know I did, I liked it I really did I thought it was good and you're right that could have been a current jerking match something but I guess they wanted to get the crowd off hot uh, again I'll never agree with I don't care Vince McMahon himself was was sitting right next to me in my authentic WrestleMania 28 chair I would tell Vince you absolutely suck and that was a terrible move putting the World Heavyweight Championship on as the first match but um, I liked it sir yeah. I mean, right after that, like DG alluded to, we had the whole Teddy Long with Snoop Doggy Dog in the back, um, you know, doing auditions for whatever, you know, Snoop Dogg has coming up next. And, you know, you basically had Regal come on, which was kind of funny, to be honest with you, him audition, him audition with a rap. You had Gi- Giant Gonzalez, Ryder, even uh, Chris the Master Lock. Uh, and then finally, you know, you ended it with, <laughs> with everyone leaving, and then Hornswoggle finally talking for the first time ever and doing some... You know, interesting rap, but you know that kind of those kind of segments again. Um, if, if they're not done on stage and live at WrestleMania, if they're done behind the stage, it becomes a glorified RAW, and you don't need that kind of stuff at WrestleMania. I feel so, which led into to me, the, which led into probably the worst segment of RAW. When I mean the worst segment of WrestleMania was the eight man <laughs> tag match. I mean, let's preview oh, this first. Over the do weekend, we even have to folks, talk about this, sir. We do. Over the weekend, Kozlov was. Uh, somehow attacked by the uh, you know the core, and you know I read about it on Twitter, so I was like, that's in- I mean it's only interesting if they're going to do something with it. So all they did was they they took out Kozlov, and they inserted coffee. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, something's going to happen. Not coffee, folks. Not coffee, but coffee. Yeah, coffee. Coffee Kingston, uh, decaf. So they insert coffee, and wh- what I don't get, uh, DG is, I mean, the match lasts. About five to seven minutes, and what? then wait, yeah. wait, wait. Are you talking about? Are you serious? That match was. I don't even think that match lasted two minutes. It, it might have lasted. Well, I guess with introductions and all that good stuff, it was probably five to seven minutes. But the worst part of this is that you have a, a legitimate group of guys named the Core, which again, now really, really, really stands for really retarded. They lose in such quick fashion, and to me, it made no sense to have the faces win this match. I don't know what the faces get out of this. They're only put together for this one match, and for the court to lose so fast, DG, it just totally diminishes what they are. They should just disband them right now, and obviously we'll talk about them, what they did last night. But, DG, this made no sense at all to me. I completely agree with that, sir, and the truth of the matter is that... uh... It was terrible. It really was. It was terrible. That was that should have been an easy win for the court. We didn't get it. 
It was bad. Um, to involve all those guys in that match was an absolute waste of space. It, that should have been stricken from the you know record books, as it were. But that was that was bad, sir. N- no ifs, ands, or buts. There was just no reason that that match even existed, sir. That this and the fact that they put it on and they did it so quickly again, that could have gone to something with far more value, sir. And the, uh, I guess maybe Kozlov really got hurt in real life because uh, what other reason can you explain that the core quote unquote attacked Kozlov over the weekend and they put Kofi Kingston in there? I think it's because they wanted to get Kofi on the card, but they could have done that with like we like we stated earlier in our pre show. Uh, they should have. Uh, they could have added a title match. They could have done so many other things to make this work, and they didn't. And they suck. So let's move on from this, sir. Okay. The next raw-like segment backstage, again, not on you know on in in the ring or anything like that, was Rock basically cracking jokes with Mae Young. And uh, I actually got a couple. You know, I listened. I tried to listen. I couldn't hear all of them, but I thought Rock did a good job with Mae Young, believe it or not, DG. I thought that was pretty funny. But again, another segment that doesn't need to be done on Raw or on WrestleMania. I keep saying, I get those two confused because I think I felt like I was watching Raw, except I paid money this time, which was terrible, to be honest with you. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Karen The Rock, you know, it's one of those, like, you know, face-to-face, you know, good seeing you things. I think those those little moments are actually kind of cool, you know, when, you know, these two guys meet each other backstage, DG, and, you know, it's basically saying good seeing you, but nothing comes of it. But, you know, the whole Mae Young thing, I guess you didn't need to have it at WrestleMania, but I, I found that a little bit more humorous than the uh, the Teddy Long thing with Snoop Dogg did. Um, I guess. I thought I thought it was stupid, to be honest with you, sir, and, you know, the less time spent talking about that, the better. But uh, let, let, let's get into some, some other stuff, because I, I really thought the segment was pointless. It was nice seeing Austin and Rocco face-to-face go a back-to-back and a belly-to-belly. But other than that, you know, whatever. They could have done that on Raw again, because both guys were on the show last night. They could have easily just turned that into a, a segment on Raw. Yeah. So we go on to our fourth match, and, you know, me and DG are already one and two at this point. You know, we've, we've lost the uh, the first match, we won the second match, and we lost the eight-man tag. And then came the match that I, you know, was I was telling folks for months now, uh, well, yeah, two months at least, I was telling folks that, you know, CM Punk would definitely beat Randy Orton. I mean, you had this whole video package of why the feud started. I think the feud started back in 1984 when... You know, one was, you know, three years old and the other one was six years old and something happened. This started the feud and this led to, you know, uh, Orton costing Punk the match, a couple uh, his title a couple years ago. We get this whole video package and, you know, Orton has this quote-unquote bad leg because Punk, you know, took him out with a, um, what was it, a mallet? What, what, did he, what did he take him out with, a wrench? A couple weeks ago, wrong? Yeah, it was a wrench or, or yeah. otherwise known as Randy Orton's personality. Yeah, and I felt like this match was actually good, but Punk had was in control of this match for 75% to 85% of this match, maybe 86%, folks. I'm not quite sure. I haven't done the math yet. It's close, but you know, Punk has this match in control throughout the throughout the match, and then finally decides to do one stupid thing. He goes to the top rope, and all of a sudden that move gets reversed, and Orton hits the RKO on one bad leg. Randy Orton beats CM Punk. And to me, if you're not going to end this feud, then it makes no sense for Randy Orton to win last uh, on Sunday night. I agree, sir. It also made no sense for him to win last night, but that, that, that's besides the point. Um, the fact that he beat him with the diamond cutter, I mean, uh, uh, the RKO, 
I didn't like it. You know how I feel about Orin. But I thought from a storyline standpoint, it didn't make sense. I know that I, – I, I believe it was Justin who said that, you know, Punk could recover better from a loss than Orton could. I agree with that. But at the same time, the story didn't make any sense. So basically he castrates the entire group. He did what Cena – even though Cena beat them up, but um, Orton actually went and single-handedly defeated each and every member of, of the, slow, the slower – I mean, uh, the core – I mean uh, – <laughs> The new Nexus or the old Nexus or whatever the right. hell it's called, the the Deuce. Um, you know he goes, he beats each and every member single-handedly, puts them out of action, and then beats the leader on one bad leg. I mean, what what is that? How does that work? How does that happen? How is this possible? How is, does somebody think that this was a good idea? You know, what was the point of this match to have Orton win? I just don't understand it, folks. And honestly, Joe, I think that we're we must be on something. We must be on a different planet because we seem to be, on, you know, just like in our own world when it comes to our predictions and how we feel because other people don't, they don't feel the same way that we do. And I don't know how anybody could think Orton winning this match was a good idea to be, you know, pure gold with you, sir. <laughs> it did make sense for me. And I, I was always saying that if you want to continue this feud at the very least, I mean, you, you have Punk win, especially with Orton on his bad leg. It made no sense. I mean, it really made Punk seem like a guy that he came and beat Orton on one bad leg. It just, and then he beat all, like uh, DG said, he beat all of uh, Nexus. So uh, another band of of group, uh, you know, another group that just could be disbanded. To be honest with you, because they serve no value or they serve no no purpose on on either show. So the next segment. I mean, another backstage Raw-like segment was, you know, Rock with John Cena's number one fan. And, you know, I was thinking it was like, you know, Pete Rose or something like that because it was WrestleMania. Huh. But it it ended up being Pee Wee Herman, which, you know, it, it was a decent segment again. <laughs> and you eventually have Pee Wee Herman joining Team Bring It after Rock, you know, goes and does a couple, cracks a couple jokes. But, again, DG, another segment that, um, I don't know, it, I, I don't think it needs to be done on, at WrestleMania. That was a waste, considering that he had already been a host on Raw, same as Snoop Dogg. Same as, if, if they were going to bring back guest hosts, they should have brought back Bob Barker, but th- that segment didn't make sense. Another segment that really could have gone to something else. And I, I agree, sir. It was stupid. It was absolutely it was stupid, just like Randy Orton. Yep, and right after that segment, we finally got the, you know, WrestleMania has been doing this the last couple of years where they introduced the 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 Hall of Famers for that year. So they introduced the 2011 Hall of Famers. Obviously, in the middle was Shawn Michaels, the main attraction for, you know, the the main guy getting into the Hall of Fame this year. I thought it was of good course. to, you know, have them all there and, you know, have them applaud. But I, I thought maybe it was just the, the <laughs> fact that it's such a huge arena, but I thought the crowd was actually dead for that segment. I agree, and maybe it was the arena because I don't, I don't know where Shawn has gone. Excuse me, I'm eating leftover cake from uh, WrestleMania. Um, it's a piece of humble pie, as it were. <laughs> it's really good, by the way. Um, but anyway, I don't see how the crowds wasn't into it. And I don't remember the last time that Sean went anywhere at all, and the crowd didn't pop huge for him. But, you know, maybe it was just us. Maybe the fact that everybody was screaming, like, a bunch of animals at my house. But, uh, you know, aside from that, I thought it was good. So, folks, right before we, you know, just to update you, we're now one and three after the Punk Orton match, and we we just can't get anything right. I mean, you're right, DG. What you should have done is when we did the predictions, you should have went 
opposite of what I did, but we st- you still would end up four and four actually. So that made no sense. Yeah, it's, it's true. But you know what? <laughs> we should have been right on uh, on Del Rio. We should have been right on Orton, and we should have been right on uh, Cole and Lawler, sir. Yeah, when you, I mean that's the next match, if you call it a match. I mean. This segment was worse than last year's segment between Bret Hart and Vince McMahon because, and let me give you my whole spiel on this, DG, and then you can give me your whole spiel because um, the good things that we have is that we have Booker T and JR that calls the match, and you have, you know, Jack Swagger in the corner of of Cole, but the, the, the match wasn't a real actual wrestling match. It's obviously a wrestling entertainment segment, or not even I'm not even allowed to say wrestling entertainment segment. It's an entertainment segment between these two guys. And, you know, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin as the guest referee, who is just as obl- he's just as oblivious as any what? other dumb referee. You know that, DG? He's, he's just as dumb. He doesn't see anything. What? He doesn't, he doesn't like kick swagger out he doesn't stun swagger he doesn't do anything so he's just another dumb referee just like the rest of them so it made no sense to make him the special guest referee and then to top it all off you have jerry lawler making cole tap out after that the match gets reversed the decision gets reversed and all of a sudden cole's your winner for excessive abuse to i guess cole for whatever reason and then when it, it really the, really guest referee is what it was yeah, it really, 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 really gets dumb when Stone Cold then, inv- you know, basically Booker T goes into the ring to do a spinner rooney, and Stone Cold then stuns him for no reason at all. And you have, you know, Cole winning the match, DG, and you have all this mess, which to me was just pure crap, to be honest with you. I agree, sir. But you know what's not pure crap? It's this cake that I'm eating. It is amazing, I have to admit. It's not a Bubba Burger or a Johnsonville, but it's good. You know, JB, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this, but I really believe that the WWE messed up big time with this match. The cold gimmick, at least on Raw, needed to end on Sunday. They completely misjudged this angle, and I believe Justin tweeted that today. They really misjudged the interest of the crowd in this angle because it's dead. The angle's dead. It's stupid. Nobody cares about it anymore. The fact that Jerry Lawler got his, and I'm going to quote Joey Styles here, the fact that Jerry Lawler got his first WrestleMania match and he lost and Snooki got her first WrestleMania match and she won, it goes to show you how, how backwards the got it right, yes, the WWE is and how Vince's booking is and it's just terrible because this was just a slot fest. It was way too long. I'd say at least 10 minutes too long. And uh, like you said, the point of Austin there made no sense. Um, stunning Booker T I thought was stupid and it was idiotic and it was a waste of time. Excuse me. I thought stunning Josh Matthews. Yeah, sorry. Too much too much booze. Yeah. I thought stunning Josh Matthews was even stupider. The whole segment was just a, a waste of time, folks. I I hated it. I just can't explain. I mean, you got to have Lawler and uh, JR announce afterwards, but it was just it was terrible. Vince really screwed this up. This angle is not interesting. Cole is a heel coming out last night doing the barbecue thing. Um, it's just it's just not, sir. It's not good. Like you said, Austin was pointless. If they were going to go that route, they really should have had JBL been the special guest referee and had Austin do something else. But, uh, man, it, it's uh, I hated it. I absolutely hated this segment. I was upset. I was pissed off that they reversed the decision because you had to have Lawler win and then kill this angle, but instead it kept going last night, and I want to stick a fork in someone's face there. That's probably the worst part of everything you just said is that this angle is continuing, <laughs> and usually... 
with WrestleMania, it's usually the end of storylines and the beginning of new storylines, but it felt like Again. last night, I felt like I got back onto the road to WrestleMania. When we get to the Raw recap, I feel like WrestleMania hasn't happened yet because you have all the same storylines still intact. I guess they're trying to sell them now at the next pay-per-view called Extreme Rules, where we used to be known as Back Lashley, but it's not Back Lashley anymore. <laughs> it's Extreme Rules. So... You know, the next segment, you know, you had WWE, and I think I think the WWE always does a good job of just, you know, doing some stuff outside in the community. So they recapped what they did throughout the week during WrestleMania week, that they call it, and I thought they did a good job with that video package. At least they got one thing right in terms of, you know, showing some stuff outside of the ring. And then finally, I'm going to let DG take this one because he really liked the entrance. We had Triple H and Taker. DG, just break down the introductions, the uh, the entrance, and uh, tell me what you thought about this match, and uh, I'll share my just babbling. All notes I can say is, for all I can say is, sir, as far as back lastly goes, I believe there was trademark infringement or something, and that's why they had to change it. But speaking of the entrance, man, I absolutely loved Triple H's entrance. I loved uh, for whom the bell tolls. I thought it was a great song to pick. Um, you know, maybe I was in the minority, but I was strumming my I was strumming my fake guitar, my air guitar throughout the whole thing. Uh, absolutely loved it. And you know, Triple H came up with an elaborate entrance. It was interesting. It was cool. You know, it was different. At least he didn't come out dressed like Conan like he did uh, WrestleMania 22 because that was terrible. But I thought we were going in the same vein. But aside from that, you know, Taker came out, did his crap fest, and uh, you know, I, I, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it, sir. Yeah, I mean the the match itself, uh, I, I wasn't in love with it to be honest with you. And maybe again, I'm I'm comparing it to uh, Taker HBK two or Taker HBK the first one from two years ago. But you know, I felt like Triple H got hurt, and I felt like he was favoring his uh, his left wrist or his left forearm for most of the match. And this match, they they covered it nicely, I guess, because these guys are. Almost over the hill, if not over the hill, especially I think Taker probably is over the hill. Triple H is getting there, but I thought they covered this match good with a lot of spots. DG, it was more like you know, there's a couple spots outside of the ring with uh, you know, getting thrown through tables, through plexiglass, and then you had a bunch of like you know, tombstones and pedigrees that each other kicked, each guy kicked out of, and then finally you had you know the the ending, which you know I I, I didn't think t- I really didn't think Triple H was going to lose by tapping out to that whatever move you call was that Hell's Gate? Yeah, yeah, Hell's Gate. Yeah, so DJ, um, I, I I didn't think the match was that good to be honest with you. I agree with you. I think we're and this is the thing, I think we're the only ones who feel this way, which is why I asked you yesterday if you thought we were too negative. Because I mean Doug Mortman who unfortunately folks and I we didn't even address this, but Doug couldn't come on our show tonight because he was feeling ill. Um probably he's just sick of us, so he that's why he didn't come on but um, you know, oh. hopefully we'll get dug on. Hopefully we'll get dug on at another point in time. But the fact is that um, it just it wasn't good, in my opinion. You know, it, it what bothered me, and I said it during the match as we were talking and whatnot, and we were you know cracking jokes and you know uh, hitting each other with uh, you know chairs and stuff like that. The fact is that this match was like it consisted of five pedigrees. Four tombstones, one of which was done by Triple H, a choke slam, a couple, you know, slamming through tables, slamming through plexiglass, like you said, three or four spine busters, and like nine chair shots, and then a Hell's Gate. That was the whole match. That's all that it was, and we we kept talking how we thought Trips was hurt, how he broke his leg, broke his wrist, I forget what the hell, his heart fell out, something came out. We thought he was done, but, you know, I was definitely disappointed 
no way, shape, or form. And it probably is us comparing it to Sean and Triple H last year, but the fact of the matter is, let's be honest there, neither one of us is a big Undertaker fan, and we hate the streak because the fact that someone is 19-0 and at a pay-per-view is completely, is beyond ridiculous to me. I don't think that... I don't think that Taker not, and again, maybe people think I'm crazy, but I believe Taker is still one of the all-time greats, but I don't think he needs the streak. He's already been world champ several times. He's one of the greats no matter what. Nobody else has this streak, so you're telling me if Taker, of all people, needs this streak to be thought of as, a, as an immortal, you know, quote-unquote. Um, I, I think that's overkill. I think it's stupid. 19-0 is a disgrace. And I'm hoping and praying that next year it's not a rematch of this one. Because if you look at Taker's matches throughout the years, the fact is most of them were crappy and most of them were against over-the-hill washed-up slobs. Only these past couple of years he's gone against, uh, you know, the, the top of the game, pun intended, with Triple H and uh, and Shawn Michaels. And, of course, Edge a couple of years ago. But other than that, it's been mostly just, you know, one deuce after another. So. The, the one thing I'm surprised at, and you, you corrected me on Sunday night, or you corrected me yesterday, was that I thought the match was actually short, and you told me that this match was the longest match um, that Taker's had at WrestleMania. I believe it was. I mean, it, it was it was long. It definitely wasn't that short. It, it was just that there was so much of time of them. You know, they had the oxygen masks and the breathing tanks, and you know, they had the the medics attending to them because both of them were, were dead. Um, you know, their hearts stopped beating throughout the match. That had to prolong it, but it was definitely it was definitely a long one, sir. So after this match, folks, we were we're two and four. So we got the we got off the losing streak of losing three matches in a row, and we're now two and four. And the next match was the mixed tag match, and all, all I really oh, could please. say about all I really could say about this is that the crowd, again, I don't know if it's just the arena or it doesn't hold good, um, you know, good sound or anything like that, because I thought the crowd was deader than dead for this match. You know, you had Snooki hit some cartwheel elbow in the back, in the corner, and she also did a cartwheel body splash. This match was about like maybe six minutes long, if that. You had the faces win, which is, I guess, good because we're big fans of Trish Stratus and John Morrison. But Snooki wins a match. Jerry Lawler loses his first match ever. Something's wrong with wrestling. Something's wrong with the WWE in my book, DG. This match was completely garbage. They could have used the U.S. title <laughs> match for this match instead of this match. <laughs> they could have used the U.S. title match for this match instead of this match and this other match and three other matches. I completely right. agree with you, sir. Um, I completely agree. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, you know, let's just let's move on. It it sucked. It was great to see Trish, but it absolutely sucked. So let's uh, let's move on from that, there. Right before we get to the main event, folks, we get the announcement, which I actually like, and because I'm weird like that, I like the announcement of announcing how big the crowd is. So, seventy-one thousand six hundred seventeen is the new, apparently the new attendance record uh, for the Georgia Dome. The new they've broken the new attendance record. So. Uh, I thought people had tweeted, I think, about like Rock Goldberg at Nitro being larger crowd. You, but, you, you know, mean Logan Goldberg? Or wh- wh- what what are you talking about? You said Rock what Goldberg. Yes, that's what I meant. Hogan Goldberg. Sorry about that, folks. Well, um, what I heard, what I heard, sir, that, if I can cut you off, um, yeah, you're, you're just wasting you're wasting our precious airtime. Um, I read something to the effect that the WWE corrected what they said that uh, previous records that were mentioned were incorrect or something about the Backstreet Boys having the previous record and that they really gave the attendance for two days. I don't know what it was, but the point is it was a big crowd, and who gives a crap? Yep. So right, before, you know, right after that, you know, we have the main event, and I'll, I'll give you the good about this match. Uh, there wasn't that much. Uh, you had the Miz taking on Cena with 
um, for the WWE title. And I thought the video package that they put together for Miz was really, really good. I mean, they showed some some footage between, from all the, the past champions. You know, you saw um, Hulk Hogan, you saw Ric Flair, you saw some things on Stone Cold. And then the Miz, you know, is the, the current WWE champion, and he's the future they're they're pushing him big time now, and I thought the video package were really good. I thought the match between the two between you know was a decent match. It felt like a raw match that could have been on raw. The match ended ended in a double countout. DG, the match gets restarted by our host, The Rock. Immediately after the match starts, like literally immediately after the match gets restarted, Rock hits John Cena with a rock bomb in the middle of the ring, and then you know Miz finishes him off and pins him for the one two three. And we're all, you know, finally get, we finally get what we wanted. We wanted The Rock to hit, you know, John Cena with something to cost him the match. He did, but the match before that, to end in a double countout at WrestleMania, your main event, what are you thinking, Vince McMahon? I wish I had some sound bites tonight to say, what is Vince McMahon thinking? It's all matter of Well, obviously, obviously, sir, the whole point was for The Rock to then come in and cost him the match, and that that was the whole point of it, so... I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm understanding what Vince is thinking. You obviously are not thinking. Okay. DG, I've just been noted by our program director that uh, TJ needs to get on ASAP because um, he's got some battery issues. So uh, let's get – let's just <laughs> – let's recap this. Who sponsored it? Let's get TJ on and let's get back to it. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, this – this what's about to be a total slop fest in Todd's take and his, uh, his update – it's brought to you by KublaSoccer.com. Folks, KublaSoccer.com, if you're into soccer, which I'm not, but other people are, most popular sport in the world, come to us for the best in soccer shirts. We have soccer T-shirts for footballistas worldwide. Check us out at KublaSoccer.com. JB? Thank you, sir. It's 1041. Without further ado, it's now time for Todd's Take. Todd, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Sorry to rush you guys. I am uh, calling from the wilds of uh, Providence, Rhode Island today, so I'm, I'm, okay. on, I'm on location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not this location. Yeah. So in the NBA, let's start off with good news. The Boston Celtics, they uh, beat the, the Sixers today. I'm sure that makes JB very happy. Very. Uh, Washington over Detroit, Orlando over uh, Milwaukee. The Nets win again tonight. Cleveland is on a tear. They beat the Bobcats. Nice. Uh, who else have we got today? We got Spurs over the Hawks. The Knicks beat the Raptors. Bulls over the Suns. Clippers over the Grizzlies. The Kings are leading the Rockets uh, in the closing seconds of that game, and the Jazz and Lakers are about to tip off any moment if they haven't already. In more good news, the Mets beat the Phillies today in yeah. a uh, pretty resounding yeah. win. Uh, the Cubbies over Arizona, Padres over the Giants, Angels over the Braves. Uh, the A's have closed out Toronto in the 10th. The Yankees lost in the 10th to Minnesota. Woo! More good news. <laughs> uh, Washington is tied with Florida in the 10th inning. Uh, Seattle loses to Texas. The uh, Brewers are leading the Braves in the 9th. The White Sox are tied with Kansas City in the 8th. The Pirates are tied with uh, St. Louis in the seventh. The Dodgers are leading, are losing to the Rockies in the seventh. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds are, have beaten the Houston Houston Astros, and the Cleveland Indians have beat the Boston the uh, Boston Red Sox. 
Wow. A lot of sports for that. So, in the NHL, Ottawa over the Flyers, Buffalo over Tampa, Toronto and Washington. Washington wins in a shootout. The Pens win one, so my wife will not be crying in her pillow tonight. She'll be crying in her pillow for other reasons, the fact that I'm not there, (laughs) instead of the uh, the Pens losing tonight. Chicago and Montreal are in overtime right now. St. Louis uh, beats the Rockies. Nashville, or Colorado Avalanche, I'm sorry. Too many teams. Nashville over Atlanta. Uh, Cleveland is losing to Dallas late in the third. And Vancouver and Edmonton, no score at the end of the first. JB? Thank you, TJ. Now you have no timeouts. You have 30 seconds. You need a touchdown. So without further ado, it's time for Todd's take. So, Todd, take it away, sir. All right, so speaking of touchdowns, the NFL and the PA have their day in court tomorrow, so I guess we'll uh, at least be one step closer in the result of the case of the NFL versus Tom Brady because apparently Tom Brady's name appears on the case first. So even outside of football games, the NFL still puts him on a pedestal. Perhaps they'll, they'll, use, uh, they'll use him to knock the rest of the, uh, the PA down, you know, using their favorite poster boy, of course. But this is not a Tom Brady rant by any means. You know, also today, Derek Mason of the Baltimore Ravens spoke out today and, and told us how he really feels about the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, when he called him a joke in relation to his uh, wanting HGH testing to be a part of the new CBA. I mean, what's the problem, D? I mean, something to hide? I mean, but if, if you aren't at all concerned about football and you're confident that they're going to be uh, that there will be a season that starts on time, you can always turn your focus to the Mets, who embarrassed the Phillies today and took down the almighty Cole Hamels, who threw 40, yes, 40 pitches in the third inning. I mean, to me, that is just the best news that I could have gotten today. Um, and to those fans, you know, who are north of uh, Atford, you can also take uh, a fist to the face and that the Sox are winless which I love to, a little shot to Boston there. And for the real haters, the Yankees lose to the Twins. The Rangers are two games from the playoffs. Life's good for friend fans, and I refuse to let the NFL PA cause my joy to be taken. I'm Todd Johnstone. JB? That was a good one, sir. Um, thanks for coming on, and hope, thank God your battery lasted through that take. Uh, you have a good night, sir, and we'll, we'll talk to you Thursday. Thanks, guys. Good night. Folks, Todd's Take and Sports Update was brought to you by Pompton Dental. Is that arts? I guess it is. Are you looking for an honest, gentle dentist, DG? Yes, actually I am. And as a matter of fact, I got an honest and gentle dentist yesterday when I went to see Dr. Ryan Zlotkowski there yesterday because of the tooth pain that I have been having, sir, and I recommend them to everyone. So if DG is recommending it to you folks, then you should. Make sure you contact them at Pompton Dental Arts, located at 435 Ringwood Ave in Pompton Lakes. You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere, which DG received yesterday, where Dr. Ryan Zlikowski and Dr. Lauren Souch, is that a doctor or is she just a uh, hygienist? No, she's a doctor, so don't insult her. All right, Dr. Souch. We'll take care of you and your entire family dental health. Call at 973-835-0702 like DG did for an appointment today or visit at their website, PomptonDentalArts.com. 
Again, that's PomptonDentalArts.com. When you call, please mention Pure Gold. And I'm just wondering, DG, since you are part of Pure Gold, you are Pure Gold, did you mention Pure Gold? Um, I did not mention Pure Gold, only because I didn't want to get thrown out. I, I talked to Lukowski, <laughs> but aside from that, it was it was definitely good. I mean, being that I am Pure Gold, I'm walking Pure Gold, I live Pure Gold, just me being yeah. there was Pure Gold, sir. So, going back, because Todd's battery was running out, we had to get him in there real fast, but, DG, putting right. a bow, um, I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but putting a bow on WrestleMania 27, um, I didn't talk about the actual stage in the arena. I always am a big guy. Uh, I always love the big venue, and I love the stage this year. I thought that was a good thing. But in general, I thought WrestleMania didn't deliver at all. I feel like the road to WrestleMania is still going on with Raw that happened last night. And I feel like I give it a C-. minus. I think you give it a C. But, DG, I mean, any final thoughts before we just throw WrestleMania out and never talk about it ever again? <laughs> We're gonna throw it under the bus there, but uh, no, I, I was I was definitely underwhelmed, and I agree with you. The set was great, but I was definitely, definitely, positively, definitely, maybe definitely, absolutely underwhelmed by <laughs> WrestleFest this year, sir. Yep. Which brings us to Raw. Do you um do you want to uh, introduce that uh, some segments, or you want me to ca- carry on? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can carry on. So you're doing a, a mighty fine job, I must say. All right, so Raw was last night, and, you know, you figure somebody big has to open up Raw, and it was surprising to have. I thought The Miz was going to open up Raw, but you had Triple H open up Raw, come down the ring with sunglasses and, you know, his normal, um, you know, attire, no no wrestling attire. And he pretty much, you know, he thanked Undertaker, which I have no idea why you thank the guy that you just lost to the night before, DG. But anyway, he thanks him. And, you know, he's almost setting up uh, the first rematch for next year. And, it, you know, this will allude to uh, towards the end of our Raw recap. But, you know, I, I think it's a mistake if they ever have this rematch again next year. And they're already talking about next year is another mistake. But for Triple H to come out, whatever. I mean, he said he's tired. This is the most tired he's ever been in his career. <laughs> I guess he's just, you know, he hasn't, you know, he doesn't have the stamina anymore because he hasn't been wrestling that much. So for him to come out was okay, DJ, but let's just hope he's not going to get a rematch next year against Undertaker. Please, no rematch. I agree with that, sir. Um, there's really no need for a rematch at all, and I hope they, they don't do the rematch because, I mean, honestly, it was it was good for what it was, but doing two rematches, you know, two years in a row with the same people, you know, doing – Two with Sean and two with Undertaker. It's overkill. I mean, with Triple H, it's overkill. And you know what? Hopefully next year, if they do it again, one of them will actually pass out and die in the ring, which it looked like Trip, uh, Undertaker did. Surprisingly enough, I actually thought that he was dead at the end of the match. And you know, when he started moving, I uh, I wasn't sure if that was really him or if they were just moving some, you know, some little cinema magic. But uh, I've never <laughs> seen Taker laid out. I've never seen him like that. I've never seen him, you know, not walking out with his hand held high and his. Uh, Eyes rolling in the back of his head and all that other crap that he does. It was it was definitely a sight to see, and hopefully next year, uh, you know, take over retire and there won't be a 20th match. Yeah, I hear that. Um, so then, like I said, I felt like this was the road to WrestleMania. We took a U-turn, and we were back onto the road to WrestleMania. You had Jerry Lawler. You had JR call the first couple of matches, and I thought that would have been a good idea to have Jerry, uh, JR call the, the, the whole Raw last night, but he didn't because, you know, Jer- Cole basically – sprayed some barbecue sauce all over his face and his suit. So, 
and it made no sense to bring out Jim Ross for like maybe two segments before kicking him out. But anyway, you have Jerry Lawler getting fooled into a rematch. He thought he was going to actually face Cole again uh, t- last night, but he ends up facing Jack Swagger. And, you know, Jack Swagger loses via DQ. Um, to be honest with you, it makes no sense to, to continue this segment. So um, to even talk about well, it any further, DJ, go ahead. Wait, let me just say one thing, sir. Um, the the only interesting thing of note, which again I guess makes it worse, was the fact that it got re, it got re um, overturned, just like the WrestleMania match the night before got overturned. So I don't know what they're going with with that. And like you said, it should, we both said it, it should have been done, it should have been over. Get out, get him the hell out of the league now. Yep. Followed by another segment, another match. To be honest with you, that should have just ended at WrestleMania. You had, you know, the two. I guess you had the two winners versus the two losers. No, 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 you didn't. You had you had Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio taking on Cody and CM Punk. It was a decent tag match, but these these four guys were just in storylines and in feuds uh, at WrestleMania. They fought each other one-on-one. You know, you had Orton taking on Punk, and you had Rey Mysterio taking on Cody. And then you throw them into a, a tag match. This match should have happened on Raw before WrestleMania, not after WrestleMania, after the, they wrestled one-on-one DG. And you had, you know, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio win the match. Again, this tag match should have happened uh, last Monday, not this Monday, after WrestleMania. I I agree with that because even though uh, the truth is that they, for the past few years, they've been continuing WrestleMania feuds all the way up until back Lashley, which this year is extreme rules, as you said. But um, the fact is that, you know, this, this sucked and it was just terrible and, you know, it, it was too long. It actually wasn't that bad, but it was actually too long. I think they had, what, three, four commercial breaks in between this match? They introduced the guy, did one move, went to a commercial break, came back in the middle of a commercial break for another commercial break, and then at the end of the match, was an, I mean, there was just way too many commercial breaks, but, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I'm kind of liking Cody's new gimmick and stuff, and, you know, hopefully he'll get a push and do something and prove he's not a complete waste of space, huh? Yep, folks, this is pure gold, and thank God I only have, like, what, one, two, three, four... Four more wrestling topics to talk about Raw, and then uh, I promise you folks, we will not be covering Raw or wrestling as much as we did on the road to WrestleMania because it's just getting me really sick, and I'm I'm so annoyed. I'm so, I'm so glad that the Mets are actually going to the World Series and they beat the Phillies tonight because um, you know I'm changing my vote to 90 plus wins because this is getting ridiculous. So the next segment you had Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had him introduce the the Tough Enough uh, crew, brought him out to the ring. And then you had, you know, Miz interfere and interrupt the whole segment. And then you had this whole thing where, like, you almost had a teaser where Stone Cold might want to challenge Miz for the title for whatever reason. But uh, it was good to see them introduced. And I think, DG, you already are predicting. Let's just uh, put it out there right now. You already, you already know who's going to win Tough Enough this year. What's the guy's name? Um, I believe that Tough Enough is going to be won by either Rima Faki. Um, yep. <laughs> a funny note on that, sir. My wife asked me today, who the hell is Rima Faki and why do you like her? Um, I, I added it on Facebook. I actually was doing the whole Twitter thing yesterday try, you know, to get more people to follow us on Twitter. Because um, yeah. I, honestly, neither one of us has any clue how Twitter works. We just tweet crap, and that's pretty much it. But I found out about the hashtags and everything. We've had this for a couple of months at this point. But I found out about the hashtags, and it's already working because we have about 87,000 followers now in one night. But um, I added her on, I was supposed to be the Pure Gold page, but I did it on my own page. <laughs> and then I had to explain why I like Rima Faki. 
<laughs> but aside from that, I think that Matt Cross or Matt Capiccioni, I believe is his real name, or Rima will be the winner of Tough Enough. Uh, I was going to get into this later, but you know, I may as well just dr- drop it on, on now. Uh, because Matt is an amazing in-ring specialist. I've seen some, you know, one of his matches I saw yesterday, him against Christopher Daniels, lights-out stuff, high-flying. Or Rima, because she reminds me so much of Trish in the sense of, of her background and stuff. So uh, let, let's move on, sir. i got a, a couple tough enough notes. I'll, I'll get to that later. Okay. Did you, before I go into the next segment, did you like the fact that uh, they put, you know, Stone Cold and The Miz in the same segment? I did, only if it leads to them uh, fighting at WrestleMania 35, just like uh, <laughs> The Rock and John Cena will. But, uh, you know, it was good. Stone Cold, I don't care what he says. He can still go in the ring. I guess he just has no interest in it anymore. But, obviously, he still loves wrestling because he's so heavily involved in it. But, uh, you know, moving on, sir. Yeah, I mean, the next match could have been the the actual WrestleMania tag mixed tag match. You had Trish Stratus against, and John Morrison against Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero. And I guess they wanted, uh, I guess they wanted more buy rates, so they tried to get Snooki, somebody that's mainstream, uh, into the card, and then you know make her part of the news and try to get more people to buy WrestleMania. But this match uh, made no sense because, well, they continued the storyline <laughs> between these two. And you had Trish and John Morrison win, but DG, this match, this match should have been the WrestleMania match. Forget about Snooki and Lay Cool. I agree. Or I mean, I said it all the time. They should have had Morrison and, and Ziggler go one on one with a great one, or they could have had this as the WrestleMania match. This is what I thought they were leading up to when they threw Lay Cool in there. It was kind of like, eh, whatever. But uh, you know, Snooki obviously is the worst. Let's not even talk about her anymore, sir. Yeah. And right before we have the the, the topic of the night uh, that we'll we'll break down as much as we can, folks, is that we finally get the match that should have been at WrestleMania. We finally have. Sheamus taking on uh, Daniel Bryan for the U.S. title, which the match was decent, but it was way too short. And yeah, yeah. I guess this I guess this feud's over, DG already, because Sin Cara makes his debut and attacks you know Sheamus with a couple spots. Uh, what did you think of the match? And what did you think of like Sin Cara now starting a feud with uh, Sheamus? I uh, agree with you. I liked the match, but it was too short. It definitely should have been a mania. Um, I honestly think that what's probably going to happen here is that. Um, either Sin Cara is going to get a title shot at Extreme Rules or Daniel Bryan and Sheamus and Sin Cara will end up in some type of triple threat because I don't know what Daniel Bryan can do from here on in, but I didn't like the fact that he was beaten so quickly. But, you know, aside from that, other than the fact that Sin Cara muffed his entrance, you know, with the uh, trampoline and jumped over, but the, the angle that they showed, it didn't look so bad. I thought that uh, there was a lot of things, you know, like they could have done in that segment, but, you know, it is what it is. It was short. Sinkara looks good, looks impressive. We'll see where that goes, and we'll see how long it takes him to get deported from the, you know, the United States of America. So, folks, for as much as I hated or didn't like WrestleMania, I thought that the way they were going to go with the next segment was, you know, you would have basically The Rock call uh, come yeah. out and and thank all his fans. He would thank all his fans, and then before he left, we'd be interrupted by John Cena, but. Uh, they reversed it. They had John Cena come out and basically call out The Rock. And um, DG, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where to start with this one. I, I, I'm I'm so frustrated to find out that these guys, you know, they they did enough talking, they did enough trash talking on the road to WrestleMania 27, and now, you know, John Cena basically changes challenges The Rock to a match. Rock wants to do it. On the grandest stage of them all, which we just got done with the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania 27, and he challenges them to a match at next year's WrestleMania, <laughs> which is about 51 weeks away. So you know, they'll, they'll probably drop take. the 
Yeah, they'll probably drop the storyline between the two until, like, the road to WrestleMania 28. But, DG, I mean, I understand that they want to do it on the big stage, but this is totally crap. Uh, this is why I never want to talk about wrestling as much as I'm talking about wrestling tonight, because to get Rock and Cena at WrestleMania 28 when they could have had them at WrestleMania 27, which was two nights ago, um, it's just it's mind-boggling that we have to wait a full year between these two guys before they could lock it up. I agree, sir. Um, I totally agree. I think that what should have happened was they should have planned this out a little bit better. They should have had Rock versus Cena at, because with all the heat and everything going on, and the you know the mentions and the promos that were cut, this was tailor made for WrestleMania 27. You don't need that much hype per se because you, you once you mention the Rock on the 14th of February, bam, people are going to buy WrestleMania because of the Rock. I'm sure they, they did pretty good. Um, and the truth is that they should have gone that route. They could have had Miz and Morrison or whomever fight for the World uh, WWE Championship uh, earlier on in the card. This could have been the final match, but instead. Doing it a year in advance, uh, to me, is ridiculous because then at that they ended kind of on a good note last night, and then you're gonna have to go in a, in you know 50 weeks or 48 weeks or whatever it is, basically in 11 months, and go back and rebuild this and re-mention this and bring everything up again. And to me, it's just like, what's the point? They really, I really think they dropped the ball on this. And again, we'll probably be the only ones who feel this way, but I thought it sucked, sir. So many things are wrong about this. To wait a full year, I think you 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 um. I don't know, you kind of screw the fans to wait a full year between these, before these guys lock it up, where you could have had them wrestle at SummerSlam or at Survivor Series, another big pay-per-view. You didn't have to wait for the grandest stage of them all. I understand it's at, at you know, the Rock's hometown in Miami, Florida. I understand all that, but to wait a full year, uh, I'm just not going to, you know, if, they, if the WWE thinks I'm going to be interested for a full year just to get to these two guys wrestling at WrestleMania, they're, they're crazy because I, I'm going to go back to DVRing and I'm going to go back to fast-forwarding most segments because um, the road to WrestleMania 27 sucked, and and if they want us to start on the road to WrestleMania 28 already after last night, I'm definitely going to be DVRing stuff and just fast-forwarding segments because it was crap. And, you know, DG, I think Justin said it on Twitter. Um, I hope Cena doesn't get hurt between now and next year because can you imagine if Cena does get hurt and, you you know, say he gets hurt in, like, February of next year, and all of a sudden now you have – you have no Cena and and no Rock at WrestleMania against each other. Then what? That would be great from so many angles. But I, you know, Cena really doesn't get injured like that. And even when he did get injured, and we thought for sure that he would be out a couple of years ago for WrestleMania, no way would he even make it. I was half thrilled about that. But um, he came back with surprise, you know, much quicker than they had anticipated. So if that happens, I'd be amazed. But I really doubt that Cena's going to get injured soon. So just when you it would be great that, though. Yeah. So when just when you think things got really ridiculous, you know, we have a match for next year, and we potentially have another rematch between uh, Triple H and Undertaker, which, you know, may or may not happen. But you definitely have Cena versus Rock at WrestleMania 28. Just before these two guys are about to leave the ring, the really, 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 really retarded group known as the Core come down and try to attack. For whatever reason, they try to attack, uh, you know, John Cena and The Rock uh, to no avail, and, you know, basically, you know, The Rock and John Cena hit some spots on the core. DG, what was the reason that the core came down the ring last night? They wanted to make an impact, and they didn't, and uh, <laughs> they sucked, sir. They absolutely sucked. That's all I can say. They're really retarded, and I hate them, and I wish that they would just be disbanded and they'd all be fired, except for Wade Barrett. You know, 
that pretty much puts a bow on um, how heavy wrestling talk we're going to be doing. <laughs> Thanks, I think that God. pretty much. Sorry, I think that pretty much drops a deuce on uh, WrestleMania. We won't be talking about wrestling as much as we have, but it only makes sense because you know this is the big show. This is the grandest stage of them all. Even though it's always disappointing to us, as cynical as we are, um, it's always disappointing to us. But aside from that, you're right. It just absolutely sucks, sir. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I think uh, we could all agree, the audience and us we uh, here at Pure Gold, we could agree that um, we won't be discussing wrestling at length like we've done the last couple weeks. I mean, it, the road to WrestleMania is over until next year. Um, we're going to be focusing on baseball. Like I said, DG, the Mets are going to the World Series after being the Phillies tonight. I am so happy that the Mets are 3-1. and one. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing 750 ball. I mean, what other team is playing 750 ball? Uh, not that many, DG, not that many. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that there's a few of a few teams that are playing 1050 ball. Considering we're only about four or five games into the season, but I'm happy with what the Mets have done so far. Beating the Phillies is of course great, so I'm thrilled about that. But uh, sir, WrestleMania is over, Raw is over. I just want to throw this out to you. I just read the SmackDown spoilers, and uh, the Core is actually, actually get to rematch with the same four guys they fought at WrestleMania, and they lose again. Except this time it's a two out of three falls match, and it's said to be much better than the one that we saw at WrestleMania. So I just wanted to throw that out. Oh, and Albert Del Rio got got a World uh, Heavyweight Championship title shot at Extreme Rules because he defeated Christian in a match, and it'll be Edge versus Albert Del Rio in a ladder match, and then Christian will probably complete his heel turn there, sir. Yeah, I mean, that makes no sense. It goes back to the whole, like, you know, when John Cena and Randy Orton used to have rematches for no reason because you had Edge <laughs> beat him, and all of a sudden now I guess he gets a rematch for for being Christian because that, that makes sense, folks. And uh, to have the core lose again. Is, all I can say is your your time is up, my time is now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me. I always say you can't see me use some Windex. Do you have any nuggets for us? I do have two nuggets, and uh, I'll start off with the, the only wrestling nugget, and then we'll get rid of that. Um, did oh, you watch Tough Enough last night, sir? Um, I watched the first ten minutes. Okay. I you know, I really enjoyed it. It's like you said, though. We have to wait and see what happens, because uh, obviously you expect it to be good at the beginning. It was interesting. Sonko was cursing at everybody, and basically everybody was cursing at everybody. But, uh, you know, the, the ratings on that show, I have to admit, they're they're pretty good, sir. Uh, you know, let's get uh, Fitz to, to call up the ratings for us. But, um, you know, the, it did a 2.51 cable rating. And at that time of night, that's pretty good, you know, considering that that's over 3 million, that's about 3.5 million viewers. So they, did, they did pretty good, I must admit. Um, but aside from that, it was definitely an interesting show. I, I mentioned my uh, my personal favorites, of course, are Matt and Rima. Um, the judges seem to really favor Luke, who looks athletic and looks like he's got getting the job done. Um, you know, Matt has some great high-flying ability. And, again, check out his match at Ring of Honor against uh, Christopher Daniels. Great stuff. Just basically look up Matt Cross or M-Dog 20. You know, look him up, and you'll see a lot of good matches. But, uh, you know, I definitely think he would fit in perfectly with guys like Sincata and Evan Bourne and Daniel Bryan and just to do a little high-flying and technical wrestling and whatnot. The show got off to a hot start, like I said, which we expected. Um it was just fun to watch, and they eliminated the most useless. I, I didn't think they would do it in the first episode, but they eliminated the most useless person right away. And Ariane got booted out. My favorite part of that show, sir, and you got to watch it if you DVR'd it, um, is at the end the three people are there: Michelle, who was terrible; uh, I forget the Eric, who was you know big six foot six 
Power Nothing, as the Stone Cold said, and this chick Ariane, right? Anyway, so she's talking, and Stone Cold asks her, you know, why should you stay here? Why should you be, uh, you know, uh, why should I keep you on Tough Enough? And he says, what's your favorite all-time match? Sir, do you have any clue what her favorite all-time match was? Um, don't tell me the ultimate challenge. No, 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 sir. If it was the ultimate challenge, it would have been great. Um, and this actually got me thinking, what is my favorite match of all time? And I think we should do, you know, one of these days we'll do a little segment on that. Her favorite match that she said was Molina versus Alicia Fox. And it was actually a WWE Superstars match that Joey Styles ended up tweeting. But Stone Cold practically punched her in the mouth, laughed in her face, and said, are you kidding me? Out of all the matches in the history of this business, that is your favorite match? And it basically showed that she knew nothing about um, the business, had no respect for wrestling, and basically was doing it just to be a model or something or whatever the case is. So it was definitely nice to see that. She got booted, and, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there, sir. But my other nugget, as it were, is the New York Metropolitans. Now they're 3-1 and one after whooping, destroying, ending the career of Cole Hamels. You know, something is interesting. i got to throw this out there. Our boy, your boy, you know, best man at your wedding, Evan Roberts, made a comment how uh, somebody tweeted that, you know, ever since Cole made those comments about the Mets being choke artists, that he's like 1-8 or 1-6, or I forget – I forget what the exact uh, thing is. I'm actually going to have our, our text look this up to see if they could find out what the, the, the tweet was. But what I what I found interesting, and Evan hasn't actually uh, responded yet, what I found interesting, sir, was that, I don't, do you remember that whole thing with, uh, they made such a big deal about Cole Hamels calling the Mets choke artist? I do remember that, yep. All right, well, the best part about that, sir, is that, uh, Evan never called them choke artists. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Cole never called them choke artists. Those words never came out of his mouth. Evan and Joe were the ones that called them choke artists, and they basically, well, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, I guess I kind of agree with that. That was his exact quote. There was no, he, he didn't go out and say that the Mets are choke artists. He didn't say anything like that. It was your boy. Your your boy, that mud of scum, Evan Roberts, who said it. And I think it's ridiculous that it's gotten so much hype and so much play and so much everything because the fact is that, you know what, he called them that, not Cole. Let's move on from that. But the Mets own Cole Hamels. I think he's like 2-9 and nine against them or something like that, and he just has a terrible ERA. And it's nice to see the Mets win. Um, so far, things have looked good. Chris Young looked good today. Ike looked good with a laser shot on Sunday. Willie Harris is hitting the crud out of the ball, which is nice to see because Willie has been a big thorn in the Mets side for so many years. Um, you know, I, I just I'd love to see this this season play out the way that it's playing right now. Beltran looks excellent at the plate. He just can't run. And I mentioned this to you the other day. I wish that this was softball and he could have somebody run while he hits the ball. Um, but aside from that, you know, Wright had some nice clutch hits. The the, the two spots that I think I guess what's disappointing is Pelfrey looked terrible in his opening day Friday. He just looked bad. And K-Rod blew his first save opportunity, which is great, of course. But nice to see the Mets come back and win on Saturday after he blew it. And and then also, of course, winning their first road series of the year, which it took them until June last year to do it. But uh, it's definitely some good stuff. So nice to see the Mets doing something. Uh, Dickies look good. And, you know, like I said, Young and Nice and – a lot of the players are, are looking good so far, sir. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, DG, they're playing 750 ball, and there's not that many teams out there playing 
750 ball, and this is what you needed as a Mets fan. You needed this team to come out and play well. And after losing the you know the 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 season opener, uh, which the Mets usually own the season opener, so I think yeah. somebody tweeted about like maybe this is going to be a good a good sign for the Mets because they usually that own the me, season yeah. opener. Yeah, okay, that was you. Um, so they own the season <laughs> opener, but they they come back and they win four in a row. I mean, on the road, they win their first series. Um, like DG said, it took them so long last year to win the first series on the road. So for them to come back and win the series after losing the first game against the Marlins of the year, and now to beat the the Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia, and now they're 3-1, I think this is the start that Mets fans needed because if this team ever got off to like a 1-3 or an 0-4 start, I mean, I don't want to be talking about wrestling again. I mean, so thank God they're 3-1. And, <laughs> and the yeah, Yankees, right, you know, that. The Yankees lost tonight, which is a good thing for uh, us Met fans. I mean, anytime the Yankees lose is a good thing. And then, I don't know, I, I think the rumors about firing Terry Francona might be true. I mean, 0-4, I mean, I think Boston people are jumping out windows right now. <laughs> I'm sure they are, but uh, it's really nothing to get it, – it's nothing to get worried about. Let's be honest here. It's the beginning of the year. Boston could lose the first 10 games. Who gives a crap? And they can come back and win it. You know, I just think that – the Sox are, you know, they're, they're doing what to do, and there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's the beginning of the year. Let's all calm down, please. You know, enough's enough. You make us all sick. It's nice to see the Mets playing well is pretty much all I can say. It's it's so early, but I'm happy, sir. You know, I'm happy because, like you said, it's a nice start to get off to, but, you know, the Mets aren't 15-1. and one. They're 3-1. and one. Let's all let's all calm down. And the Red Sox aren't only 15, like I said. They're, you know, uh they're not doing so good as it were, like you said, they're own four. But you know what? Who cares? They'll probably go win the whole damn thing. <laughs> they probably will. But you know, it's good to have baseball underway, and it's good to have our team uh, playing good baseball. And my my only nugget, DG, is that last night's um, you know NCAA title game for the men's basketball had the one of the worst shooting performances. No, they had the worst shooting performance. Uh, for a team that lost, Butler shot 19% from the field, DG. Uh, that's how bad. And the final score, I mean, this sounds like a halftime score. The final score was 53-41. to 41. UConn takes it over Butler like I thought they would. I was picking Butler because I wanted them, but I figured that UConn would win. DG, I mean, I don't think, uh, I guess people were watching it, but I know I was watching Raw more, but that's pretty putrid for a team that, went to the finals last year to the championship game, and then to shoot 19% this year, that's just god-awful. I agree with that, sir. And I think the fact that, I think the fact that, you know, it was 22 to 19 at halftime was so terrible. I mean, scoring 19 points and a half is just insane. You know, like you said, that's a halftime score, the final score. I wanted UConn to win because they're biggest team, but I could care less. Truthfully, it would have been nice to see Butler win because they're the underdog, the Cinderella, as it were, two years in a row. You know, it's, I guess college basketball might be different. I don't know. Maybe you can correct me on this, sir. I mean, it must be nice to get to the Final Four. That's a huge thing for most schools. It's a big thing. But to me, it's like, you know, when will you get a chance to be there again? They had done it two years in a row. Odds are they won't even get close next year. The fact is they needed to win. They should have. They could have outplayed UConn, won it all, and they didn't. So it's definitely a missed opportunity, sir, and, and I think that uh, you're right with the, the game being so bad and so far behind, uh, you know, at everything. I even watched a little bit of the halftime and I watched some of the game. Um, the hosts were even saying how bad it was and how it's just not crisp, clean basketball. And, you know, it would have been nice to see Butler win, but w- what can you do, sir? Yeah, but that, that puts a, 
a bow on the NCAA season. The you know March Madness is now over. Uh, congratulations to the UConn Huskies for winning the title. And um, you know, in about a week, the NHL and NBA seasons will the regular seasons will be over, and then we'll be talking about playoffs, which is really going to be good. So you have the start of baseball plus the playoffs of those two sports. Um, a lot less wrestling, thank God, and DG. That's really all, all I have for tonight. Sarah, let's uh, let's read the, uh, the ads before we go. Once again, yes, show, folks, this show is brought to you by KublaSoccer.com. Nice to have a new sponsor on board. We appreciate it. If you're into soccer, come to us for the best in soccer shirts. We have soccer T-shirts for footballistas worldwide. Check us out at KublaSoccer.com. Thank you, DG. And uh, our sponsor of the night, and DG went there yesterday, so he could definitely attest to this. Was Pompton Dental? Yep, Pompton Dental Arts. Are you looking for an honest, gentle dentist, which DG did find? Then contact Pompton Dental Arts, located at 435 Ringwood Ave, Pompton Lakes. You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere where Doctors Ryan Zukowski and Doctor Lawrence Souch will take care of you and your entire family dental's health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today, or visit at their website, Pompton. DentalArts.com. Once again, that's PomptonDentalArts.com. When you call, please mention Pure Gold. DG? Folks, we'd like to thank uh, all of you this evening for listening. I'd like to thank Fitz, our producer. Of course, got to thank Kelly Arborda, Jose, our media director. Thank you, fans, of course. Uh, you guys, without you, we, we wouldn't be able to do it. We couldn't do it. We wouldn't even want to do it. Remember to tune in Thursday night at 10 p.m., folks, as we uh, kick it old school with another awesome episode of the one and only Pure Gold. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold, reminding you to always (laughs) keep it PG. Good night, everyone. Let's go Mets. F-A-N-T-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-